Hi, Dan. Hi. I'm so sorry about everything. <laughs> everything you've done? Well, that's a, that's a different show. Okay, because that's a whole show. We could do that show today. I, <clears throat> I, I, I wish and I hope and I pray that you will let me post that photo. Which one? <laughs> one view in a box. I already did. I already, it's already up. Where, is it on Big Week? I put it? it on Twitter and I put a, on, yeah, post it, do whatever you want to do. That's actually not me. I mean, the secret is I took the picture, so I wasn't in the box, but there's right. a view from the box. The call's coming from inside the, the box. The call is in from inside. Oh, Dan. Dan, this takes us back. This takes us back to the, to the classic era where you were. The old Dan, as you say. Well, yeah, that would be old, old Dan. This is before you got truly deranged. This is where you were merely stressed out. And you were, if memory serves, in our, it was like during somewhere in our first 10 or 20 episodes, uh, you were literally uh, broadcasting, podcasting. Broadcasting. Broadcasting from inside of a rental properties closet. Yes, I was. This is a step up in some ways from that. This is a closet in Austin in a very old house. <laughs> yeah. It was, not, it, was not, it was not per se, in the literal sense, a walk-in closet. It was a stand-in closet. <laughs> right. And you had, your, you had your laptop on an Ikea stool, if I could say. And so now you're in a place, and, and are you in one of those dot-com places where they throw a ball? Why is it so loud? Just for, for folks it who don't like know, Dan, Dan you're, in, you're in a temporary office, is that correct? I, I am in, uh, this is temporary space. The office itself is permanent, but just not going to be permanent for me. I can't, believe, I can't believe you're in a new office and you didn't tell me about it. I did. I told you last week. Okay. Which one are you? <laughs> I'm going to call. start calling you John. Uh, John <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the first good. one, not the second one. John Roderick is getting good and mad that I keep calling him Dan. That you know, I might like, want to listen to. You're like, a, you're like a lady in college that I keep calling the wrong name. <laughs> Yeah. Um, or I'd like you to be. Yeah, I am. Um, I can be that for you. So you're Whatever in you a like. new place. It's going to be permanent. How, not how this place. Get- not this place. No, I, I'm, in, I'm in a, um, it's like a co-working, a co-working facility. That, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> exactly. Well, they have, you know, lots of little like startups and companies like that. They've got a big co-working space where people will just sh- walk around shouting. And then there are individual <laughs> offices that you can rent. And I have... Uh, you know, like month to month. And I, I, I had a, I have a couple of those and I'm in one of them today and it's really loud and there's lots of shouting and lots of banging. And mm-hmm. I've tried to create a little, uh, a, you know, a little shielded area with my acoustic panels that I pulled off the walls of my <laughs> previous studio and shielded the little desk uh, that I'm uh, sitting at with all my temporary rig stuff. So it's, a, it's pretty much the same setup that I had when I was first starting in, in the closet, it's all pretty much the same stuff, except instead of closet walls, I have shielded myself with these uh, four-foot-tall acoustic panels. Mm. And uh, is it taking you back to your roots? Because you know, yeah, back I to the roots, used, man. Yeah, now, now uh, you've really changed, man. It used to be all about the closets. I know. Um, boy, that's and so it's, this, will give you, this could be for a month that you're in this situation. No, no, I'll, I'll, go, back to my, I'll go back to the house if I have to. But I couldn't not, today. I couldn't today. I mean, no. my kid's back from camp, and, mm. uh, and my, my mom is staying, so everybody's riled up. There's all kinds of crazy commotion going on there. Uh, so I said, well, I'll try recording from this space to see if it works. It's a big test. It's all just the test. Life's a test. Life is a test. Come on. Yeah, it's like a final exam every day. Nobody said life would be easy, but no one said it would be this I hard. I did. I mean, I was wrong. There's a little Cheryl Crow for you. Got to know your mm. favorite. Big fan. She just sit the car wash on a Tuesday morning in a bar. And I'm turning it way down. 
Jeez, yeah. Louise, Dan, I'm I'm so sorry. No, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. You don't have to be mm-hmm. sorry. Well, I am. I, well, I, mean, I feel bad for you then. Yeah, yeah no. I've seen the state of your office. I have a private office. Ooh, I get shivers. You know what? I made a big step this weekend. It made it a lot better. What did you do? Well, first of all, I did some research, and I found out that you can buy a fly, a fly, a fly bomb. <laughs> what? Well, you mean you know, like, a, Florida, like a smoke it out? You're in Florida, and you're in college, and yeah. you move into a new place. The first thing you do, you, you, you go out to Winn-Dixie, you buy some fishing lures, and like five roach bombs or flea bombs. You ever been in a flea? You ever been in a place with lots of fleas? Yes, I have. But, yeah, my well, what was it like? It's 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 itchy. It's pretty fun for an hour. Um, but anyway, you move into a new place and you set off a flea and roach bomb. This you just do this. This is like burning sage in Florida. You move into a place and you try to get rid of the vermin. Now, I just found I did a little bit of research, meaning I went to the Walgreens for the third time in a day, and I found out they got fly bombs. So I set off consecutively three fly bombs in my bathroom, and everything's changed. I've taken down the fly paper. I've taken down a little fake apple full of vinegar. Everything's changed. And now, now my, 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 my private office, it smells like flowers and insecticide. You, can you breathe that? Is it safe for you to breathe that? Can I be honest with you? Yeah. I really screwed up. Are you, are you, can, I, can I really literally be honest with you? Yeah. Because I, I haven't told my wife this. First time for everything. Mm, that's what she said. I, I, so here's what I did. <laughs> I, I set off a bomb and I said, okay, cool. That's one bomb. Keep the door closed. Stuff some dirty towels under the, under the door to keep it. Because I wanted it to really, really work, right? Because some of the, you know, get fruit flies. I think they're only fruit flies until they turn into adults. What do they turn I, into then? Meat flies. Ooh. No, there's no meat in there that I know of. The, the bags are still tight. But um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I set off, I set off a fly bomb. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yeah, it doesn't go as long as I remember. Because you get the, <laughs> and you're going, ah, that's the sound of death. <laughs> Die, <laughs> you things that keep buzzing in my nose. And so anyway, um, and then I set off another one. I was about to go home. I've been, I've been working kind of late that night. And I set, I set off the third one. I realized I had to bust a tinky. And I thought, well, you know, it's done steaming in there. Ugh. Surely, even though you're supposed to keep the room closed for four hours, surely this will not be a problem. If I just go in very quick, take a bit, <gasps> deep breath, go in, blast a tinky, come out. <laughs> I, 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 I came out and I felt like I'd been mustard gassed in France. I, I, <laughs> well, I was, your eyes I was, all, all just tearing up and red. Well, I was number three. Um, n- number two was suddenly my lips felt very sensitive. Like I realized more so I than, I than usual. I have very sensitive lips, Dan. I can tell that. Yeah, I only, I only got one set, but I use them. And then most of all, though, I had a I had a a deep, deep, unstoppable hacking cough, like like I had the whooping cough. Well, that's going so, around right now, isn't it? So no, is it? I thought that was uh, mumps and rubella. <laughs> one of my favorite comedy teams, by the way. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mumps and Rubella. There is no inoculation. Yeah, they record. stopped touring a few years ago. Yeah, it's because of Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> um, so anyway, good news. Good news. That's uh, great. Rid, that rid, of good fly, rid of fly family. Bad news. Uh, What's called? Neurasthenia, neuropathy. Anyway, I feel a lot older. And, and now I have one of those grandpa coughs. Let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a dramatization. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm looking forward to the kind where you hack really hard every time you laugh. <laughs> Can you explain that picture that you posted of you looking sort of dazed at a Macworld conference floor and then there's a guy sort of leering or jeering or whatever the word is at you, sort of with his teeth out like an ape? Yeah, well, <clears throat> excuse me, neurasthenia. I don't think that's a word. Uh, I was at Macworld, I think that was January, probably 2000. 11 maybe? I don't remember. doesn't matter. Uh, I, my hair is really stupid looking. And uh, I, I was I thought it was the, good looking. Thank you, Dan. My hair is, I, you know, I'm doing this video for the thing. I, oh, yeah. I, I, oh, man. I look like retired Wolverine. <laughs> I'm not even talking like Days of Future Past. I still got a little bit in me. I'm talking like I'm just, I'm sideburns and sad. I look so bad right now. My hair is, I'm three <laughs> weeks late on a haircut. <laughs> Just buzz it, dude. Just buzz it. I look like the mayor pro tem of Hoboville. Um, so anyway, I uh, was at the Mac World, and I think there was at least eight eight people in the building. It was it was a pretty good turnout. And I uh, <laughs> anyway, I was at the Omni Group booth. <laughs> this is shortly booth. after Apple announced they would no longer be a part of it. And I was in the um, I was in the Omni Group booth. 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 Of, what of uh, what? Why were you in there? That doesn't make any sense. Why would they have you in there? Are, are you literally screwing with me right now? No, what were you doing in there? There's so many things I don't tell you because of your envy and jealousy and just meanness as a person. What were you? So tell me now, what were you doing? I, I have had a relationship with them. Oh. And because I'm discreet, I don't discuss it. Mm. I had an extremely, extremely tiny, 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 minuscule role that is so not even worth mentioning in the, in the development, of, um, development of OmniFocus. I've described it to people as, like imagine a bunch, you know like when you get your, your yard done in Florida, and we've talked about this, they sweep in with like, like 45 guys with seven lawnmowers, and they do five in a row, and they're all sweating and motivated. Like imagine that, except there's one portly guy in a lawn chair giving directions that no one's listening to. That was my lawn chair. And the incredibly talented developers at Omni Group put together the, the, one of the best applications ever. So I was in the booth dropping a demo and uh, doing demos <laughs> of how I use contacts, how I use different things. And this man who's just about my age, I would say, walks by. <laughs> Is he wearing spectacles in the picture? I don't remember. I think Is he so. Spectacles? Let me in, so I squint because I lost my, my glasses. My, not that I'm mad. And I lost my prescription for my new glasses. I squint. This guy's squinting like a mother to try and see what is happening in this booth. Who, who is this, this uh, hobo man with the large chin? And he's making, how would you describe his face as he watches the demo from outside the booth? Is, oh, it's sort of, was it jeering or leering or what is the word? Is that a no, word? No, no. I, I, think, I think it looks like he thought for a second that he saw boobs. <laughs> and we caught, we caught him right before, we, right before he realized that it was just like like two old bald guys or something. And and so he's still he's trying to figure out what's going on. He's uh Can I just say two words about that guy? You know what that guy's written? You know what that guy? If I were Wolverine, you know what I'd be smelling? Exhibits only. That guy screams exhibits oh, only. Oh man. I bet he's got a tote bag full of free stuff that ladies in their 20s gave to him while pretending to like him. Squint. So anyway, this was like uh, looking looking into your future by a few years. You think Mm, do you think this is what people tune in for? This, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't do it if I didn't. Huh, I almost got two two topics. Oh, we got we have uh, two very very. Fast <laughs> I bits. like your hair because the front is kind of flipping a little, and then there's a a bouffant, but it's in the middle of your head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, 
let me, I'll just, just because there are probably new listeners every week tuning in for uh, America's premier broadcast, uh, broadcast, <laughs> broadcasts you like from people you, whatever. Oh. Um, no, that's us. Oh, okay. And, no, God, geez. What show are um, you doing right now? What show is this? <laughs> I did so many shows last week. Yeah. I forgot what show I was on. I know. Um, go Google Flickr Merlin Awkward Hair Odyssey, which I always spell wrong because of uh, a zombies record. Oh, by the way, and that picture of you and your wife in the in uh, your buddy um, in, in Buddy E's booth. Oh, love figures, it. Figures that's the part you highlight. Isn't she cute? She was uh, yeah. She was uh, about she's the best. What? She's great. She was about two weeks from uh, from drop dropping child. Oh there. really? You go to Merlin's Awkward Hair Odyssey. Yeah, it's in, in in the show notes, which can be found five by five TV slash B is in boy, two is in the number, W is in women slash seventy nine. Look at that! Did you you ever meet Bats Baru? Bad Bats Maru? You ever met him? Billy Baru. Mm. Look Billy. at uh, boy, these are all good photos. Look at that second row, fourth from the right, and you'll see a picture of me with my favorite Sanrio character, Bad Bats Maru. I'm mousing over. I'm clicking the link. Clicking, I'm and seeing I something is loading. It's a penguin, <laughs> a penguin. Uh, oh, <laughs> look at this not, picture! You, it's not Gentoo. It's uh, that's me and my dad's old fishing jacket. With now, see now that is some bad hair. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the uh, San Rio store. Do you know what the San Rio store is now? No, it's a, it's a Disney store. What's weird to me is se- second row. Fourth from the left, yeah. You're that Dexter guy. Uh, that's my driver's license photo from 1991. The tie couldn't couldn't possibly be more 80s, but not if in it a, was, not it in was, a cool if, way. If it were any thinner, it would be half a bolo tie. Yeah, if if you wore this tie today, it would be cool. But at the time you were wearing it, it was not cool. It was extremely cool. Mm. I was wearing shark skin jackets to work. How's uh, Captain Merlin's shark skin? You have a mustache in one of these? Oh, Dan. You do? Holy, you've never seen my terrible mustache? I, I know um, you were uh, going for, through For our these listeners, before. go to show notes and you can see this. I'm sorry you can't see this. It's a real shame. Look at uh, row two, leftmost picture, blue jeans and meat puppet shirt. I'm putting these I think all... That's, that, this is really the height, I think, of my looks. Which row? Uh, so row two, row two, column one. Yeah. That's Manhattan. A good one. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But that's not really that's, a mustache because you've got a, something going on with his chin. It was never really a mustache, Dan. <laughs> Long hair. It was, it, was a tra- it was a trans mustache. It's awesome. Um, I look at these all day. In fact, let's just dedicate the whole show to just looking at, at these and describing them. Oh, look at the look at the one with me and Ellie in the lower right. Look at that kid. Look at that baby. Now, did you guys ever do a baby Bjorn? I didn't like the baby Bjorn. We which, didn't like. Which the, picture you, are you talking about? Doesn't matter. Two bits of follow up, very quickly. Oh, in the bottom oh, left, you mean? Bottom right. Bottom left is me in the uh, in the high school play, the lead in the high school play, Plaza Suite by Mr. Neil Simon. I was I was the uh, I was Sam Nash, and uh, if I could summarize my entire performance, imagine me gesturing just like I am in that photo and saying, "Can't we get off this merry-go-round?" That's me acting in everything I've ever been in. <laughs> that was good. There's me in a daring fireball shirt. Um, so uh, here's the thing. Uh, the one thing to quickly... Uh, boy, what time is it? Jeez Louise, we should button this up. Yeah, you want to button it up? We did. Uh, we, did uh, we sat in for uh, The Cleric this week. We did Kind of Critical. That was great. Uni, it was a fun Marco. one. Marco. I liked it. I liked it. Some other people seem to like it. I've already... If we ever decide to make it a show, I've already got some titles for it, some names of the show. 
for episodes, for individual episodes. Yes, yes, it's that's right. You don't. I've got. Uh, I think kind of critical. We have to rule out, or we're going to get a big face full of pearl. If you know what I mean. Mm. I've got. Uh, I've got the problem set in the stream. It's your show and my favorite. Anyway, I would like to have a show with you, me, and Marco called Anyway. Hmm. Anyway, I also like the problem set. Although that sounds a little bit of Simcoe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have time for pie charts. Do you hear that shouting? In just, my, just, just in my head. <laughs> just in your own head. <laughs> Why aren't you better looking? Oh, wait, that's, that's what my voice says. So what's going on? Story. How- uh, I was in the library one day in, in Tallahassee, our big public library. Uh-huh. And I was walking around. And, you know, sometimes you hear something and you think you want to go check it out. And I heard this just, just like two rows of books away. I heard this. I said, you don't talk to me like that. <laughs> and then someone was obviously like telling somebody. It was like two ladies in confidence were having it. And I heard this woman in a very, very like articulate voice going. And she said that to me. And I told her, you may not speak to me like that. There's no way that I will. And I looked around and it was a woman like talking to a book. Oh, no. Was yeah, she reading the book? The bathrooms. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, can you can't really read a book. You can just talk to it about how you want to be treated. <laughs> Learned that in college in the BNs. Anyway, kind of critical. Dan's probably already put that in the show notes. I thought it was good. I think it should be a real show. I think we should do it either every morning at 6 a.m. Eastern or possibly once a month. I think once a month is plenty. No, I think we do it. I think it's uh, every, every day kind of thing, 6 a.m. Okay, well, it needs a better name than what I came up with. So please listen to that. I think it's pretty good. And, uh, and I'm sorry. Yes, people, I'm sorry I interrupt everybody. I'm officially trying to stop doing that. Um, and then apart from my ego problems, I will be literally perfect. You ever heard that quote from Freddie Mercury? Freddie Mercury one time said, uh, I, have, I, have a, uh, I have a slight overbite, and other than that, I'm perfect. Isn't that great? I have missed heard that. that um, other bit of follow-up, uh, just very quickly. Guys, you got to buy this shirt. you got to buy the That's Fine for Merlin shirt. There's literally, literally four days until it will literally never be available again. So we want you to buy this. It costs money, and you will support the show and make us happy. You will buy me a haircut and a fly bomb, which is one of my, one of my favorite Public Enemy records. And uh, so please buy this. It's probably in the show notes, I'm guessing. Yep. Why don't you ever put it on the homepage, you piece of crap? Shouldn't you put it on the homepage? Well, it's on the homepage of, uh, of uh, what you call it, the big week. But, 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 but why don't you ever drop it in the side rail? Well, because I have to, to do it, I have to redeploy the site, and I've been oh, God, not wanting to do that. The site. Oh, my God. Because I have a whole new responsive design that I've been working on. That it's in that, that, involve, that, that totally involves hitting buttons, doesn't it? I'll send you a screenshot so- of the new design later. Yeah. You'll like it. And you're in the, you-, you feature prominently in it. Yeah. In the new design. Good. Hey, look, you know what I'm going to send you? I officially un, uh, unprivated this. We'll talk about this in a little bit, but okay. that's, uh, that's the site there. Um, and so that's really it for follow-up. Uh, so listen, seriously, um, we, don't want, we don't want to take the shorts on these shirts. Uh, hmm. uh, we'd really appreciate it if you like shirts. Now, I- I'm not a big shirt buyer. I'm really picky about shirt buying. But if you're listening to this show now uh, and it's more than your first time, uh, this would be a nice way to do it. We don't have a PayPal button because I think that's kind of lame. But um, we do sell shirts. This is our first time we've ever sold anything. And if you like it, we'd appreciate you buying it. I think that's a very honest thing. I think that's a very honest thing. Someday I'll tell you why I have so much respect for Seth Godin. You should ask me about that someday because that'd be a good topic. I have three topics for today. That's my third topic. Why I respect Seth Godin. The other one is uh, the guy who wanted to learn computers. And the other one is adapting to your environment, a la Dan. Yeah, that's my topics. What was that middle one again? 
adapting to your environment. Mm. You ever want a horse mask? No, but you're the second person that I do uh, or do or have done a show with who has worn one. Hmm. Was it Faith? No, Jason. Okay. Let's move on. I uh, my my problem is you have no idea how hard it is to breathe in a, in a horse mask. Well, it looks like you have a lot of room in the snout to to breathe in. Yeah, go to Kung Fu Grip. Already there. Okay. I saw the picture. I've seen all this stuff. It's old. It's old. Yeah. I reload well, this a lot. I would look at this. Autoplay video. Oh, I got to turn that off. Anyway, um, yeah, that's, that's the horse. That's, they call it an Easter egg. Um, anyway, uh, those are ideas <laughs> for topics. Okay. Yeah. Look at that Jean Grey, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the guy who wanted to learn computers, adapting your, to your environment. Uh, Why well, I respect Seth Godin. What would you like to talk about today, Dan Benjamin? I like that it's middle your, one that you that you had. The it's middle one. Your, it's your box. <laughs> it is. It is actually for the time. Well, <laughs> what was that middle one again? Oh, um, I thought of that when you were talking about your box, adapting to your environment. That's neat. Let's do that. Yeah, it's a good idea. I, did you Did you want me to lay down some kind of context for this? Yeah. I don't really have any. When you say environment, mm-hmm. do you mean environment in the in the physical, literal sense of of the word environment, or do you mean environment like the the vibe at the workplace or the uh, cruel boss or the uh, conditions under which you you know what I'm talking about? What do you mean? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Well, given that I thought of it approximately 90 seconds ago, uh, uh, a I don't know, and b yes, all of those. Um, but in particular, I'm thinking of let's let's take it and turn it. In your case, uh, you're in, it's not a box precisely. You've got did you put that in show notes? You put the box in show notes. I I'll do that now. It's a good box. Um, and in your case, um, you got thrown a curveball. I doubt that you. Usually with office space, you got to sign a lease. I don't know if you had to do that, but you made a commitment to this place. A contract. It's a contract. Um. <laughs> Getting it in the show. Notes thinking, now. well, think about it this way: like you, did you know? Did you know? So, did you know when you agreed to have the temporary space where you are? Did you know you were going to be putting up partitions because and there's no partition? Oh my god, Dan! Those are not partitions. Those are my acoustic panels leaning up against the desk. <sighs> Sorry, John. Hold for laugh. Did you know that you were going to be in a suboptimal? Did you know that the suboptimality of your condition would be so suboptimal? Did you know that dot com guys yes. would be out there throwing a ball and riding yes. freaking scooters? Knew all of this. And did you know it was going to be that bad? Yes. Why'd you do it? Uh, because it would be worse staying in my house today. Right. Right. I um, was very fortunate to find the office I have because it is extremely near my house, which is great. But. I was so excited about finding a place. What, you know, actually, this is, I think this is a pseudo-interesting thing uh, that's related to the topic. Uh, oh, and to answer your question from a bit ago, I think it's about adapting to a new environment, and especially the environmental components, as you like to say, that you may not have anticipated. Can we, can we make that a slight? Is that a good way to think about it's it? It's very good. Because otherwise it might be a little too general. Or, well, you but, could also say, what if you know that something's going to be bad and you've got to deal with it? You shouldn't do it. Well, you have to. You can't. We shouldn't do it. I'm doing it today. Okay. Um, one of the last things I did with Evernote, back when I was an Evernote guy, I, I walked down, I picked out a, uh, a stretch of the street near, well, the street that I'm on, from um, 
the easternmost spot to the westernmost spot that I considered a place for the office. This is after having gone through months of talking to my friends with potential office space. I've told this story before. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say names because you get all mad, but yeah. places where I had the option of having a small area, almost like a carol, where I could have a desk. And I'm serious. It really was like you go anywhere where your pals have a startup. I don't know how anybody gets anything done. It's it would you know they say oh you put on headphones well it's like having having headphones in the in the center ring at Barnum and Bailey's you know it's it's so distracting you know I'm not obsessed with distraction but a there's stuff going on all the time everybody's talking to each other and b I would become distracting like I'd start shucking and jiving and trying to make everybody laugh they wouldn't get anything done I wouldn't get anything done and so I finally settled on this idea look I got to bite the bullet. And you know the trade-off I thought was I don't want to go somewhere cosmopolitan downtown and pay a lot. I want to pay as little as I can. There's always vacancies in our area. And I thought, what the hell? And so I started walking up and down the street with Evernote, taking photos of every for rent sign I could find. And uh, and so then I could look at it on a map and figure out, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, but there's one place that was so great for for where I wanted to be, um, and it, I could get it, and it was within my price range. And I jumped straight into it. I was so excited. And now, with 160 podcasts that I'm on every week, you can hear a streetcar going by. I love, I love that. That's my favorite thing about your spot. I love that. I, God, I wish I could find one of those. I think it yeah. is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's like the Overlook is its own character, right? Or, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, or, uh, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, like, like we were saying last week, the editing becomes a character on Radio Lab. I like to think that the El, El Terraval has become a, uh, I've already said too much, cut all this out. But I hate You want I, me to? I, it, Let me come. It, no, no. Right. Every time I say, uh, every time I say cut this out, don't cut it out. Oh. Except for that, cut that part out. All right, I got it. Even though I was starting to do more podcast stuff, and really a big reason that I needed a place that wasn't home, for the same reasons as you, A, I wanted to have my daughter you know, get a real room. You get away from that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and B, I needed a place where I could you know, uh, drink, uh, drink whiskey and talk to Adam and Scott. And it didn't occur to me at all like how loud the streetcar would be. That's great, though. It really adds it's some so really awful. cool ambiance. I love it. Well, and I mean... My, my now you talked about like things you have to do. Like I've tried so hard to respond to that, like to, to make it to fix it. Um, like I closed the window, I got heavy curtains, but I mean that's like using heavy curtains to protect yourself from avalanche. Like when he really kicks the ground really hard, things are going to shake. If the Hulk claps, a curtain ain't going to help. There's like seismic waves of Italian streetcar coming at my road, <laughs> like all day long. I think one might be coming right now. Oh, um, that's no, it'll come eventually. I don't hear it. Hold say. on, hold on. Shh. Mm. I can oh. check. Hey, you know what? Let me go check. I'll check. There's a thing called Next Bus where you can go and find out. I'm not. You know what? I'm not going to triangulate it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to help. Um, how do you adapt to those kinds of things? Well, I mean, that, this might that might sound like a silly example, but in my case, like you, or as with you, um, I've just accepted that that's something that's going to have to be okay because there's so many other mitigating factors that I like about this. I like about this place. It's got a bathroom. The flies are now gone. <laughs> oh, They're totally gone. Really oh, wait, gone. Listen, Fully listen, gone. Listen. Avalanche. Love it. Avalanche. Love it. Is he, he's a real, he's a real uh, villain, right? I only know him from the cartoons. I don't know. Yeah. He's part of the Brotherhood, right? The Brotherhood of Evil Mutants? No, the Brotherhood of... Come on. <clears throat> I got nothing. Okay. Okay. Oh, gosh, I got more coffee. This is good. Hang on a second. Someone bring you something? Yes. Um, 
My, my, my assistant brought it to me. You have a valet? I got a valet. Has it ever occurred to you? Contract. Um, think about like... May the first? Is, it okay is this if the show? Is this what we're doing? Is this what people... It's real funny that you should ask that because it sounds like there's fumes in your office. I think there's something going on in here. It's you think, very weird. You seem a little... I gotta be honest. I like it. Can I just say? I want to stipulate. I like it when, when, you're, when you're silly, but you're a little silly today. I feel a little weird. I've been up a lot the last few days. Getting everything set up, moving the partitions. There's no partitions here. What are... Th- They're acoustic panels. You're looking at the back of acoustic panels. I feel old a little Dan. loopy. Here comes, here comes old Dan. You know what I think you, know what I think you got is uh, you either have off-gassing or possibly out-gassing. No, you, you have out-gassing. You're, you're in, you got Genosha is what you got. I, uh, oh, you mean the island? Can I finish? My God. Is this, is this the show? Well, I'll talk about whatever let's you just want. button it up. I'm just going to take a little take a nap, take the headphones off. Do you, do you need to lay down? I do. Um, but not on this far. <laughs> oh, God. This is, this is related to, to some stuff we've talked about before. I hope it's different enough, literally unique enough. We've talked before about, like, I talked about my friend Gwen, who used to live under the techno combat boot people. You know, you talk about living, in a, living somewhere amongst people that, like, all you can do is fixate on, like, in my case, the neighbors never take out the trash and they have a deadly dog and they're kind of mooky. Um, but then if I move somewhere else, it could be a thousand times worse. You know what I mean? The devil you I mean, know, the devil you don't know. Yeah, I was walking home from Walgreens last night, as you do, and I walked by, and there was this, I could see this really bright, it looked like Green Lantern or something. It was a super, super bright green light, and I realized it was somebody that had a Carlsberg beer neon sign in their window that was, I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was almost like a floodlight. I think they were using it as like a MOOC version of a, uh, an outdoor light to light their door, but it, it, it cast this, uh, like, um, I don't know, uh, this, this, this sickening green light all over everything. And like, I thought, oh, my God, I'm so glad I don't live next to a Carl's <laughs> beer sign. <laughs> like, you might move in and go, oh, my God, this is so great. It's right next to Muni. It's quiet. There's a good school around the corner. There's a park right here. There's a Walgreens that Merlin Mann goes to a lot. This is going to be awesome. And then uh, right around seven, night, the, seven every night, the Carlsberg gets lit up. And, you know, here's the thing. If, you, if you're the kind of person that uses a Carlsberg beer neon sign to light your front stoop, you probably don't turn it off. That's one to grow on. <laughs> you're and not, so you're not I, really selling me on living in San Francisco right now. Yeah, what I'm trying to sell you on is you need to get away from the outgassing or offgassing. Something's happening in here. I don't know what it is. Come, come join us on Genosha. I thought it was Gunosha. You pronounce it, I used to pronounce it Gunosha. I think it's Janosha. Well, it depends on who's saying it. If Magneto is saying it, I think it's still Genosha. He could say whatever he wants. Exactly. Now, Boulevard Trask never owned that, right? It, it was somebody else. There was another... Uh, oh, yeah, where that? I don't know where that. I don't know the history of that thing. Okay. Good week? No, it's still just Monday. And so, uh, I think there are times that we get into a new situation and we have to adapt very quickly and sometimes very... Um, immersively into an environment that was not what we expected or is not, uh, another way to put it, it's not conducive to either how we've liked to be in the past or how we would like to be now. And there's there's a million ways that could be. It could be that, for example, uh, you go want to get a new job because you got a new kid and want more money, but you find out at that new job that it's, you know, you never would have guessed this, but like you're, you're kind of expected... You're not kind of expected. You're really expected to work till seven. 
if you if you leave at five thirty, nobody's gonna say it until it's too late. But like you you get the stink eye. Do you know what I mean? I've been places. I've been that guy. I I was that guy at the dot com, for example. Um, but when you went into that, you wouldn't have known that. But I think adaptation to a new environment. I mean, think about your first day at a new school. I mean, I'll never forget my first day at junior high. It was just it was so unpleasant. I had a very silly outfit. I thought I looked very cool, and it took about five minutes to realize that this is going to be a really tough, you know, two years. Remember that feeling? Yeah. So, what do you do? How do you adapt? Well, the first stage is depression, I think. For me, it's panic. Yeah, I, I think some of the most intense feelings of despair that I ever felt were when I had left a really good. And I've talked about we've. I think we've talked about this a number of times, where I left a really good job that was paying pretty well for what seemed like a, a great situation and it turned out and of course I didn't find out until I was like in there it turned out it was awful it was just the worst it was it was not the job that I had signed up for uh, it was uh, very strange conditions they uh, my desk was like out in the middle of this you know room uh, and it was constantly Fluores- got your fluorescent, fluorescent lights, lights on, on top of you and you know, a lot of hours expectation and it was just really terrible like I had been hired to be like a director of IT and and the actual job was like running some kind of document management system and doing data entry and it was so bad and what do you do i mean like you can't go back to your old job do you do you try to keep it going do you quit do you just you know and then you're in a weird situation because you know you're miserable you know you want to leave should you just tell the new boss that this is not what i thought it was Give them a chance to fix it, and and if they can't fix it, then you just leave, or do you just kind of bide your time while you try to find something new? I mean, what what do you do? Right? Are you a coward and you just stay there and you just sit there and say, "Oh, I like it here," and meanwhile, like edit your resume, or do you do? Well, it's not cowardly if you have bills to pay, I guess. But by the Uh, way, I I did the cowardly thing. I stuck around until I could get out of there, and I, I did the best I could possibly muster. But I feel like I feel like if I had really had the guts, I would have just walked in there and said, dude, this is all wrong. And uh, you shouldn't have sold me on this this terrible job. You shouldn't have made it sound like it was something that it wasn't. And uh, this is my last day right now. I'm leaving. Bye. <laughs> that's what right. I would, that looking back, like the dream self, that's what I should have said. That's what I should have had the guts to do. Instead, I'm like, yeah, I, it's great. I'm happy here. And, uh, you know, uh, polish my resume up and try and get out of here. I think it lasted two weeks. Miserable, awful two weeks. Most stressful two weeks. It's 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 terrible to feel trapped. That's it's exactly just, what I felt. It's just it's 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 such a horrible feeling. Um, I'm trying to find this uh, this this exact quote. That's that's an old cliche. So I want I want to get if it's going to be a cliche, I should at least try to get it right. So, you know, we I was again we mentioned this a really long time ago that that, that basically. That basically there are only two kinds of, of stories. Let me get this right. Um, stranger comes to town or hero goes on a journey is the way they put it here. Hmm. Stranger comes to town or hero goes on a journey. I, I don't know if that's, I mean, certainly what could be more reductive than there's only one kind of story, which is it's a story. But um, think about how many movies there are about a fish out of water. That's another way to put it. I'm sure Roger, Robert McKee has a whole taxonomy of this. But think about uh, whatever, whatever. There's all kinds of stories about somebody thrust into a situation. I mean, first of all, let's say this. One thing that makes a good story 
in my opinion, is that you see somebody who you care about who's in an impossible situation and you're curious to see how or whether they get out of it and then what that says about them depending on how it turned out. That, that might be, I think that, that, that might be reductive, but if you think about good stories, now any of those could fail in, in terms of a story. Well, if it's not really an impossible situation, it's not that interesting. <clears throat> if it's not somebody that you really care about, well, then like why bother? Um, if you don't really find out what happened, well, then that's probably French. But, but that's really what a story <laughs> is. I mean, do you know what I mean? I, I do. mean, it's, it's, uh, I've heard people say that, you know, a story, really a, a story is, you know, where something, something changes and you learn something about the person who's the protagonist. But it's, it's true of anybody. And if you think about it, kind of, I'm, thinking, I'm just thinking out loud here, but that's kind of what we're talking about here. We're the person we care about. We're the one in an impossible situation. And the way the story turns out will have a lot to do with what we did to get out of it. And I'm sure given a little bit of time, we can come up with a million examples of, of this kind of story. Um, probably like think about like every Pixar film has this to some extent, right? You know what I mean? This is kind of the, the basis of, of, of all kinds of movies. And, you know, and when I think of it that way, uh, that's an, to me, that's an interesting framework for, for thinking about being stuck in an environment you don't like. Um, but it, then it really also makes me think about how my stories ended. And I'm not that proud of how that many of my stories ended. Like, are you, are you proud of like how that story ended? When no. you were in that environment? No. And what did it, what did it teach you about yourself? That's something I've, I've thought back a lot about and wondered is, is did it teach me that I should, I should make better decisions and like I shouldn't have left the job and gone to it in the first place? Did it teach me? That I think I think that's one thing that it taught me. It also taught me that the end result was the same. The end result was I still walked out of there. I still quit, but I didn't do it in a way that I was especially proud of. I didn't go in there and, and just sit down with the guy like a businessman and say, hey, you know what, this isn't working out. I mean, you know, if you have the financial cushion to do such a thing, I think that gives you a lot more courage, right? If you know, hey, you know what, I don't need to worry about money. Uh, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tell him I didn't like it. Well, no, I had bills, so I had to keep doing it. So in that sense, I mean, I, I, I feel like I, I did the only thing that I really could have done, but in your mind, you think back and you think it would have been great to, to be that courageous person who says, oh, I'll figure something out because of course I did and it really wouldn't have mattered. But I, I guess I wasn't ready to test myself that way. I wanted to feel like I was, I had something lined up before I walked away. But what did it teach me? It, it taught me I just stopped making so many well, stupid decisions. I think you're, you are, you're in a quite sane back-to-work way, you're framing that in terms of like, what did you learn from that? Yeah. Or what were your lessons? Or what would you do differently? What are you but, asking? Well, I'm just saying, like, <clears throat> setting aside that there's a certain amount of time that a movie can be or a play could be or most novels could be, um, and there's going to be a, a dramatic arc. If you take away the dramatic arc, arc part and you take off the finite relatively finite ending part like what does the story say like if it's interesting that not so much in terms of branding or what people think of you but like if you were to if somebody were to tell you your story what would you think of the protagonist and you know what uh-huh, i mean it doesn't yeah, mean you, yeah. it doesn't mean you have to be the hero or anything but if i if i heard that story about myself i would go this guy's kind of a wuss right and, and he waits for things to happen to him hmm. That's to be honest. In a lot of in a lot of situations, for the arcs of being in an impossible situation, that's how it felt. There's a few where something uh, dramatic happened, and I was a uh, I, I went 
you know, I figured like you out got a to way. be a hero, right? Yeah, think about cars. In cars, Lightning McQueen is stuck in this town, or, or Doc Hollywood, on which it seems to be based. He's stuck <laughs> in this town, and he's not going to get out of there until he fixes Paul Newman's road. He, he can't get out of there. And we have to accept for the dramatic arc that he can't get out of there until he does this thing that's going to be very hard for him. But in his case, he learns to love the environment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what, are, what are some other examples? What's, um, uh, what's the one I was thinking of? What's the one that feels like Seven Samurai? Oh, uh, Northern Exposure, a, of course. A Bug's Life. Oh. Don't you think it's a little bit Seven Samurai? I, I've seen Seven Samurai, but I haven't really watched A Bug's Life in a long time. Bug's Life, they got to go protect themselves from the spoiler alert. They got to protect themselves from the grasshoppers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember now. And they go hire who they think is going to be this really powerful, massive team of, of warriors who are actually incompetent actors in a traveling flea circus. And, you know, they're really, they're cowardly and kind of lame, but delightful, of course. And, um, but, um, hmm. You don't want to give away the whole movie. No, no, I, I, I don't. I'm just, I'm just trying to think about it from a slightly different point of view. And, and, and I don't mean to say that you should think about your job you don't like or your environment that you're not comfortable with. Like in your case, like what would be an, a, an interesting dramatic ending? Right now, you knock over your things that aren't partitions, pull out two, two guns, fly sideways like you're in a Robert Rodriguez movie and just start shooting everybody. Like you're in, no, no, who's the guy? Who's the, uh, who's the uh, Hong Kong guy where everybody shoots sideways? Oh, Jet, that? Jet Li. Jet Li, I think, I think you're thinking of, uh, what's his name, Charlie Chan, Jack, Jackie, uh, Jackie, uh, Jackie, Jackie the Joke Collins. Man, Jackie Joke Jack Man. Collins, you might be thinking of Phil Collins, hmm, I think you're thinking of Genesis, okay, okay, I think you're thinking of Genesis Bomb, hmm, hmm, I think you're thinking of Second Genesis, is that 90, that's, uh, I think you're thinking of Neon Genesis, that's, that's Giant Size X-Men number one, Second Genesis, and, uh, and so heroically, if you're going to be heroic, you'd knock that door down, <clears throat> go shoot the rubber ball out of some kid's hands, say, get off that scooter, get off that slide, sit down like a gentleman and type your code. <laughs> That's right. That's what you do if you're a real hero and you go stomping out there all Norma Ray style, ringing a bell. Yeah, Norma Ray. But that wouldn't necessarily be the, the best thing um, in the world for that situation. So the, 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 the point, if there is one, is like your choices are not, your choices are not huge in, in a situation like that. You can, you can I guess you can rebel. You can learn to like it. You can adapt. You know, what, what are the options? I mean, and again, let me give you my, here's a good story for me. Again, like junior high. Like I really, really, really didn't like junior high. Um, I'd come from a private school where I had straight A's and went into public schools in central Florida where I, did, I had like the opposite of straight A's. I had not straight C's. And uh, I, they put me in like consumer math. I, again, we'll save this for a Florida episode. Yeah. I, was, I was grossly misplaced in terms of classes and stuff. So I was in the learn, learn how to do arithmetic and write a check class. Um, I was in that same thing. Really? Yeah, like same, a, I mean like same story you're telling, the same exact thing. I was thing in like the me. second lowest math that you could be in. Yeah, this one, like they had a whole chapter on like this is how you endorse a check. Right. This is how you balance a checkbook. I think, I think now today they just call it that you'll probably end up in jail class. Yeah. Did you get out of it though? I mean, were you able to no. like show, really? I mean, in the story that I tell, um, that was the beginning of me failing two classes as a senior. Hmm. I was I mean, a senior? And, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, man. I shouldn't have graduated. Um, yeah, ocean science and music theory. Oh, 
Those were the ones you failed? I told you about How did you fail music theory? You're great at that. I told you. No, I'm not. I did. Well, first of all, they have, uh, you know, sharps and flats and naturals. And <laughs> you know more about music theory than, than anybody else I know. As long as it's in the key of G, I'm pretty good. Um, and with, uh, if you're playing in C, I got my Wolverine fingers. I can, I can make a C chord <laughs> with my Wolverine fingers. Ocean science. I hated that guy. I went, I went nose to nose. It's so hard to be smarter than your teacher. It's really, and in public school, I could see you failing something just to prove a point. I did. That's what music theory was. I told you about this. No, I never heard this. I wouldn't write in March because I thought it was gay. Quote unquote. <laughs> right. Terms of, term of the, of no, the time. That's what you said in 1984. Yeah, no, not in that way. But think about it. It's a March. Why not write that? That sounded very little like pretty vacant. Um, that felt like a long slide to me. And that, that is a very, very generous way for me to look at myself as going like, oh, I, I, had, I had all this hurt visited upon me by the system and I barely got out of it alive. You know, you should get a tattoo of me because I'm awesome. Uh, but that's the story in my head. My, my impossibility was, I don't, I don't know if I ever got out of that. You know what I mean? Uh, you know what? I got to avoid Godwin here. But there, there are people in truly impossible situations who find a way to survive and come out of it. And, you know, it never ceases to blow my mind what people can manage to get out of. But, I mean, what do you think the options are? You have the option of, let's say it's a job. Let's call it a job because of the titular nature nature of our show. Um, You have the option of immediately quitting, uh, regardless of your bills or not, right? Just in terms of of a black box here. You can either quit, um, you can adapt, or what? What are your other choices? In your case, right now, do do you walk out of there in the middle of our show do you put up posters to make it feel more like what you want? Do you walk out the door and say, could you guys stop throwing a ball and shut up for a while? Like, what, do you, what do you do to adapt? Can you adapt to that environment or to Yakov Smirnoff? Do you think, is there any way to make the environment adapt to you? <laughs> like for my example, I, Avalanche, is that a good reference, Avalanche? Isn't he the guy who hits the ground? I don't and know then, like, who that is. Avalanche is an X-Men villain who, who hits the ground really hard and then it makes these like waves of rumbling. I think that's Avalanche. Go oh, check him out. I'm, I'm, I'm right. Googling. Can you hear me typing? Cool. Mm-hmm. And so no matter how many curtains I put up, the ground will still shake and you will hear the streetcar in my case. So my adaptation in that case is at the, at the as it was so many things, to the peril of our listeners, I'm just, I have to be okay with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, but in, in the case of like your previous jobs and some of my previous jobs, it just felt like it added up to be too much in some cases. You know, the lighting became came to be too much. The having the desk in the middle of the office came to be too much. In your case, realizing that you were this is not to, to, to quote a lot of eighties movies, this is that was not what you signed up for. Not at all. You thought what, worst case, you were gonna have to go plug in some Ethernet cables. But you certainly would not be sitting there, you know, um, Entering, entering things into Excel. Right. Oh, God, that's miserable. No, it was really, I mean, and you know what? I mean, if that's what they had hired me for, if I had known that going into it, I would have just said, no, you know, get the wrong guy. Right. And what was strange to me was, you know, the pay scale and the title and all the other things surrounding it, where they were in line with, with what they were describing the job as. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was bad. And like, it was so, I just, the isolation the isolation of it, uh, of, of feeling like, you know, I'd left the place where I had friends, I liked what I was doing, I liked where I went every day to some degree. And I thought, this is, this is a great way to 
you know, move up and help a new company out. And that was just the, the dread. Just, I, I, hmm. I wish I, uh, I wish I were a better musician. I wish I could draw. And in both of those cases, it just means I wish I'd practiced more. But I, I also really wish I really, really, in a non-genolera way, I wish I really knew more about cognitive psychology because I'm, I'm really so interested in things like um, just all, all, all the different kinds of, you know, the attribution error and the availability heuristics and all the stuff that I one-eighth understand because I think it, it, it ends up having such a huge effect on how we see the world. What we're almost, you, you could think of this from a Buddhist way, you could think of this from a science way. I, I think they're, they're somewhat related. The, the way that we choose to see a situation has a lot to do with how we respond, what we do about it, and w- what we think our options are, right? You know, I mean, if you're John Roderick and you've gotten bad service and you aren't, don't get, uh, receive satisfaction and an apology, to quote John, you go outside, you take your clothes off, throw a chair through the window and burn the building down. That's a kind of solution. Right uh, now, now most of us, I'm just going to go and I'm going to steam, or I'm going to yell "Google me," or I'm going to do something something equally impotent like that. But you know, think about it this way: uh, What do I say, cognitive psych? Because you know, what do they? Let me go look at this. What, what is the word I'm missing? Cognitive biases. I'm very interested in the idea of cognitive biases. Yeah. So you know what I'm talking about? I do. Let me just get Google this real quick, so I don't sound like a total idiot. I'll put. I'll I'll find and put it in the. Comments. I'm on uh, Wikipedia, which is always right. A cognitive bias is a pattern of deviation in judgment that occurs in particular situations leading to perceptual distortion, inaccurate judgment, illogical interpretation, or what is broadly called irrationality. Bounded rationality, availability heuristics, you got the, I think this is where you get the, uh, the general attribution error. Anyway, this is, there's lots of good stuff in here. Um, <clears throat> you know, um, what are some good examples? Examples I've heard in the past, things like, well, it always rains when I wash my car. Right. Well, that's because you only you notice the times that it rained right, when you washed your car, and you make an association. <clears throat> well, you know, if you really stop and take a step back, that's magical thinking. Do you know what I mean? That that is that is a form of magical thinking. You assume that most people are divorced. Most 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 people's parents are divorced. That's a really logical thing to think. If a your parents are divorced, maybe more than once, and if most of the kids you knew, if their parents are divorced, it's logical in in a certain illogical way to think that most people are divorced, whether they are or not. There's all kinds of factors that lead into like, well, what's your sampling, you know, and, and so forth and so forth and so forth. And obviously, there are people who make a whole, you know, uh, career out of misunderstanding this stuff. I'm I'm really I'm just you know, <laughs> I haven't made a career out of it yet. Um, because in every situation we've talked about, I wonder how much cognitive bias goes into making it feel impossible. You know, and so I'm just I'm trying to take this up a level because I think we can all agree that we've felt like we've been in impossible situations. I, I don't think there are many people who aren't psychotic that haven't felt that the situation they're in is impossible. Yeah. But you're in that like okay so so things we've shared in the past that in terms of like stories but also in terms of like you don't like the people you're working with you feel like you're underappreciated you're not making as money much money as you hope and goddamn those overhead lights which i hated too right you, you you don't like the expectation that the times that you're in the office are more important than the work that you do you never got a parking space that other guy got more direct reports somebody took all the ibuprofen nobody made more coffee and somebody ate all the cake in the conference room. that's everything right there you said all the things exactly and then when you move on to a job that feels not quite as bad do you notice everything that's great about it a year later 
Not a year later, right? But why? Why would that be? Why would it be that you get, so, you get used to it? You start to expect it. You start to take it for granted. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm buying that on the surface, but I'm trying to go a little deeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, okay, the classic, which every computer before my MacBook Air, I felt this way. I got it. I turned it on. I put my stuff on. And it felt like, oh, I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, there's more. <laughs> right. This computer has good executive function. I do something and it moves. Like, when I go back now and use my Gen 1 iPad, Oh, God, here we go. I sound like Marco. <laughs> but when I go back and I uh, try and read comics on my uh, old iPad, and I, by the way, thank you for uh, whoever tutored me about Comixology on Redacted. That's going to be awesome, getting fixed. But um, oh, I have so much money in Comixology. So depressing. But trying to do anything, oh, the, the, the goddamn iPad uh, music app, I can't believe they shipped that. But it's so crazy. I try and play like quiet music for my daughter at night. I go to the Gen 1 iPad, I flip it on, and nothing happens. It just, it just see like a white screen where there may eventually be album covers. I don't know if you ever get this. <laughs> but then I go to my iPad 2, not even a 3, iPad 2, and it feels so much zippier. So every time you get a new computer, you immediately notice how much faster it is. And then what happens two weeks later, are you still noticing how much faster it no, is? No, now it has become the standard. Okay, and this is why I wish somebody smart who's not me and it does understand cognitive science or whatever this is can tell me why we never stop noticing bad things, but we don't keep noticing good things. Why is that? How is it that we can become so acclimated to what's going well and still get increasingly more and more prickly, angry, and uh, disempowered by the bad things? Is that, no, is that too reductive? To, no, I'm trying is, not to be, get all Buddhisty on you now. I know, I know, but, but are you seeing what I'm saying, I though? Do, I'm, very I mean, much. That's, and I'm, I'm not trying to say that there are situations that aren't impossible. I, I have a really good pal who, um, in one of our man calls a few years ago, I didn't know this about the guy, but he told me this story about what was going on in his life that was like, it was more than a perfect storm because it was like four things. It wasn't like three improbable things. It was like four things. It was like sick relative moves in, other sick relative moves in, new kid, job is getting worse, uh, transfer, family, like stress with the missus, mortgage payments, like going up. You know, it's one of those like, I had this theory that like most of us can handle one stressor at a time. One, one thing that we consider a stressor. And I think, at least for myself, and I think for most of us, we have to be stressed out about one thing at a time. Like in my case, I will always find one thing to be stressed out about. Sometimes that changes. I doubt I will ever be without stress. And I doubt I'll ever have 10 things to stress about because I'll find a way to make one thing the primary focus. That's my way. I think they call it compartmentalization. Do you know what I mean though? But in his case, he had like four intractable things. He, he was in like a familial danger room where like he was getting the Cyclops things oh, trying man. to crush him and he was getting the laser beams and he was getting the Kitty Pride wall and he was getting like the, uh, the, the Nightcrawler uh, spooge shot at him, like the whole thing. And he couldn't, he couldn't get away from any of it. And, and his solution in some ways was to Dan and Merle in his way out, to port his way out. <laughs> I'm reading too many comments. You are, you're really immersed. I like the X-Men so much right now and my, my love has really matured. Let's talk about it in After Dark. All right. Man, God Loves, Man Kills, read it. God Loves, Man Kills, read it. Does that mean Over. like Google it? Have you read God Oh, I Loves. thought you were saying Reddit, like the site, Reddit. Never heard of it. Not familiar with their work. <laughs> no, I my have not God. read that. Oh my God, it's outstanding. Jay, Jay, Jay Thrash got it for me as a present. How nice is that? Wow, nice to... You ever you talk know. to him? He's really, really nice. Yeah, a very nice person. Yeah. Really, I mean, we call them jackals, but we do have a lot of great, great young, uh, young men and women listening to the show. 
I can, I can count on almost two hands the number of wonderful, wonderful people in there. No, I don't know. I don't go in the chat room. I was in there once and I was totally confused. You ever seen the beast use the terminal? I'm going to post it. It looks like I taught, <laughs> it looks like I taught him bash. It's got a command Never line pump, and then he just types a paragraph. He looks like me using bash. I'll post it. Is he like coding, um, coding right there in the... I've been thinking a lot about the danger room. Because when my daughter, and this is a thing in the X-Men, where Professor X has made this room where the mutants go to train and to get better at whatever their mutation is and to, and to really learn to work well as a team. And the whole idea of the danger room is, as I understand it, is that it's programmed um, to provide an optimal level of challenge for the skills of each one of the X-Men. Where, you know, in the case of Colossus, it seems like he's always getting crushed between two walls. It seems like they haven't really advanced much with that. Well, that's, or, that is his ultimate challenge. He's great. But that gets more powerful. But then they also introduce complexities. Like there's this one in, I forget, I think it's in one of the cartoons. You know, he had to take up the juggernaut mantle, right? He became juggernaut? You'll see. Are you kidding me? I didn't ruin anything, did I? I just found out who Nightcrawler's mom is and it's freaking me out. (laughs) And what about his dad? (laughs) I just say retcon, retcon, retcon. How is everybody related? Everyone's their own mother. That's good. Was that Buddhisty? No, I'm, that was Marv. Dude, that was Marvely. That's Marvely. I'm my own grandpa's Buddhisty. <laughs> oh boy, a boy named Sudo. Anybody ever made that joke before? <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. Sudo me a Johnny Cash song. Uh, so here's the thing: the Danger Room. Why is this interesting to me? Because I read X Men comics all day. I don't have a job. Um, but the why X Men? Why not? You know, try something different. You should listen. I will tell you why. Do you want to know now? Or you, no, later. Ask All me about right. that later. Okay. I'll tell you why. Because I have three kinds of superheroes that I think are interesting. And I'll tell you why I think the X-Men are interesting. Uh, if you would listen to Captain Jim's show, you'd know. I discussed this at length. Um, the Danger Room. It, tell me if I'm wrong about this. I know this is a long time since you read these. But what's cool about the Danger Room, it's this, this giant room you go into with a really high ceiling. And each of the X-Men is tested very heavily uh, like based on where they are right now. It's like SRAs, right? So if you're at the green level of the SRAs, you're going to get green level stuff. And, and one memorable one I saw or read recently, it was like, okay, Wolverine is in a cage that I guess it's, I don't know, it's vibranium, vibranium or whatever, but he can't get out of the cage. Um, there's like rules to what you can do and you have to work together. And so spoiler alert, what they do is uh, a crawler ports in there and then ports him out of there, right? They have to work together. And in the case of my friend, like, he didn't have teleportation and adamantium claws. He had a bunch of sick people in his house. But That does a pretty weak power. <laughs> I think that makes him a new mutant. <laughs> That's you're, right. You're, you're going to need an X-Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How cute is Lockheed? Very cute. God, he's cute. I liked him. You know, you can't buy 168 on Comixology. Smart. Shame he's, on you, Comixology. He's smarter, he's smarter than you think. You ever seen him go after Ord? Didn't go after a whole bunch of things. Well, man, he puts a hurting on Ord. Spoiler alert. And he himself is a mutant. I thought he was an alien. And a mutant among of his own kind. I keep just thinking, like you know War, just like Warlock. Warlock was speaking of the new mutants. Is that the is that the bear and brave? No, I think uh, you're thinking of the guy from AT Murdoch. No, I'm thinking of Warlock. He's the uh, techno organic life form. Mm, George Papard. I believe it was George Papard. Papard. Breakfast. Papard. I thought it was Papard. Papard. Can I tell you about something I like? I would love to hear this. I've been waiting to hear this. 
This is the month of uh, the month of eight, and we're very excited to talk to you about Squarespace Six today. Squarespace Six, which Dan and I, Dan and I have been using for a while. Long this time. is uh, go to squarespace.com/slash/back-to-work. Sign up for a free two-week trial. This is a cool thing that I think we probably haven't mentioned enough. Is that when you you go in and um, if you've never used Squarespace at all, you can go in, sign up today, no credit card, and get a free trial for two weeks. If you're on Squarespace Five already, you can have a second, uh, like Squarespace at Avignon. You can have you can keep your Squarespace Five site while you're playing with the Squarespace Six site. It's pretty great, and then transition over uh, whenever you're ready if you want. They're really two different products, I think. Squarespace Five does something so well, and Squarespace Six does something so well. There's a lot of overflow in that Venn diagram, but I'm having a ball. Um, playing with Squarespace 6. And that's what we want to talk about today. And we're going to talk about for the next four weeks. Did I do this right? I think the DNA... Wait a minute. This spot is four weeks long? Yeah. Like we're going to start talking in... Well, I think I think they all are on some level. Okay. Don't you? Yeah. Okay, so I want to see... If, can you can you see that? Could you see that link from your end? Yeah, I see it all. So you go to um, MerlinM.com. <laughs> so cool. And You should uh, just to, keep it just like this. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, here's the thing. I first, I first have to just stipulate what this is. This is a 100% work in progress that I'm going to do publicly as I completely start over with my website. I'm throwing out my old website, which is a great Squarespace 5 site that I just haven't updated in forever, and I've decided to start over. Scorched Earth, Stalin's rolling the tanks, starting over. You can use that, Ryan. That's a freebie. Roll your tanks like Stalin at squarespace.com slash back to work. And, uh, and so here's the thing. Uh, I know this is going to seem real goofy because it's, it's not... If you don't accept that this is not a finished website, this is why it's not at MerlinMan.com. But if you flip around a little bit, you'll see some interesting uh, things that, that you're able to do with... Have you appreciated that collection link thing yet? Oh, that so, thing is amazing. So go to MerlinM.com and scroll down to like remaking my site yeah. or bio or Merlin's projects. You see, that's what happens when you associate a photo with a collection. Like click on Jean Grey and you go right to the blog. And then whatever photo I had associated with that blog shows up as the header. By the way, uh, for you guys, for you guys who want a site that looks like this, except you know you'll probably make it look better because I'm just getting started. But Peak is the uh, template I'm using in Squarespace Six. So anyway, here's the thing: Squarespace.com/slash/back-to-work. The site you can look at to watch me do this is MerlinM.com. And you see, I took up the triple dub. That was for you. That was oh for yeah, you. look at that, Merlin. Yeah, it doesn't go. Now, what if I put it in there? I th- I think it'll fix. I think it's all propagated. Nice. I did it yesterday. I love it. Um, and so, yeah, okay, is this totally bananas looking? You oh, bet your so butt good. it is. So good. No, but there's nothing here. It's not stuff. Because my, my goal is to do this. I want to I, I do this in front of you guys because I'm an exhibitionist and because we want to show you how this is done. And so I'm, this is going to eventually be MerlinMan.com, but I wanted a site where I could do this completely independently, go nuts. This is going to change. It's going to break. Stuff's going to happen because like, this is where I'm going to do it right in front of you. And so to that, to that point, um, we're doing a screencast, four screencasts over the next four weeks where I'm going to show you how I do different things, show you how I put in marked in block, mark, markdown blocks, show you how I'm doing these collection links. And it, uh, so if you go to MerlinM.com, and again, this is the kind of thing that I can't even tell you what a pain in the butt this used to be, the special themes I would have to buy to do this. But when you go over there and you see like under Merlin's projects, and you, I would say go, to, go click on back to work, which is MerlinM.com slash B2W. Can I be honest with you, Dan? I'm probably going to keep the page pretty much exactly like this. Really? Yeah. Do you like it? I do. You like that? You like that picture? You? How about you and me as uh, as Ash? And, yeah, I don't uh, think it needs. To, I don't. I don't think you touch it. I think you keep it I'm like Roland this. I'm Roland Dan. I can dance and sing. Yeah. And then it changes the header for you. You oh, no no I that, 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 that shadow effect they did that's way over the top right <laughs> but it's kind of fun. I'll, I like this. I like it. I don't no, want no, it's cheesy, but I stole that CSS effect. You know what that is? What you know is what that, that is? No. You know what that is? You drop in shadow, 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 uh-huh. like one pixel over at a time. 
Isn't that kind of cool? It's oh, still I get it, yeah. Okay, anybody at MerlinM.com slash BTW, do this. Grab the right pane of your browser and pull it as far left as you can. What? <laughs> what just happened? It responded <laughs> to me. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I bet it took you a long time to code that to make that work. Well, Dan. What? That wasn't even an accent. <laughs> that's, that's that was just your the... regular voice. <laughs> you know what that was? That was the fly bomb talking. Oh. No. Dan. Uh, here's the thing. I'm going to do this in front of you guys with these screencasts. Um, I would like you to go and try this out with me. You can go and play with Here's the neat part. Uh, if you go and get the two-week trial, it's not going to be a public-facing site. It's all going to be stuff you can play with in, in, in privacy. Uh, mm, and uh, so I just decided that as of an hour ago, I'm going to put this in front of you guys so you can watch this. I'm not saying you should go here and spend your whole day here, but when I show you these screencasts, I'm going to show you stuff like, what am I going to say? I'm working on this uh, this morning. Well, I guess now this afternoon. Um, do you know this trick, you guys? If you're at your Squarespace hot site, hit the escape key. You ever done this, Dan? Oh, I'm just it. Oh, I didn't know that. How have I been going all along all this time? This is, uh, this is actually available on Squarespace. If you're ever on any Squarespace That's site, nuts. hit escape. And if you're logged in, which you would be if it's your site, it'll uh, you can toggle. You can toggle between. Um, you can toggle between uh, the configuration and the uh, and whatever page you're on. And I didn't is, know you could do that. Think about how that speeds up your development. No more two-window stuff. Oh, here's something, though. I'm looking at your contact page. Yeah. What, what did you um, embed? What other third-party service are you using to, to take contact and feedback? Oh, like well, you mean as in paying for a premium service to be able to do this? Yeah. Did you go to another site and you well, had to? I had to go to, I had to, go to um, icontacts.cz. Uh, oh, okay. And then nope, you just nope. embed... You drop it right in. Drop it right in. Go to my about page. This is built in. This is a, a fully this built is, in. Everything you're seeing here is built in. Go back. Go to my about page, and uh, scroll <laughs> down. You can make a map right on the page. Would you like me to add some new uh, photos in real time? Would you like that? Yeah. Here's how easy it is. Anybody who's watching in the chat, boy, this is, you know what this makes for good radio. I just got a little email from little uh, from little, little Ryan. Ryan. Did little Ryan, write to you too. Yeah. And he says, "Is he so? What does he say? He's talking to he's, users right now. Yeah, he's uh, interrogating them apparently." Oh, really? Yeah, he's in the chat room right now. He's giving him the old voir dire. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so here's the thing. I click on this. I go to this. So I'm clicking, and what I'm doing is I'm just dragging an image into here. The image gets uploaded. I click on this. I hit save. <laughs> I'm clicking. Go reload the page. His nickname in chat is Little Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Go reload the page, and there should be a new uh, new horse head. In all right, there. hold on, I'm reloading. That's a slider. Yep. Anyway, so you'll see all this in the um, so so a yes, you will see all this as we develop this. But b, it's going to be a total train wreck because I am just doing this and playing with this until I like it. What I did here is something I don't normally do. I usually start with content and build out around it. In this case, I knew what silos of content I wanted there to be. And so I'm, I, I'm putting those in place to get the structure in there, and then I'm just building into it. That's a handsome shirt I've got. Oh, that's a handsome shirt. Hey, Ryan, send me uh, two more of those shirts. I wear them all the time. Wow. It's a handsome shirt, and it's very soft. It's very soft. It is very soft. Go to squarespace.com slash back to work. Um, Ryan, I'm sorry this isn't ready right now, but I've been, uh, I've been playing with the site. You know what would um, be cool that they could do? They, look at you. With the, you had, like, red hair. That's not funny. No, you really did. You look Irish. Yeah, ta I am kind of. I'm yeah. all. I'm all of the problematic, hard drinking European countries. You know, I don't know if you know this. Should be Welsh. But in the uh, maybe you photoshopped this. But in picture number three in your gallery there, yeah. next to the smoke shop, it says smoke shop. It says uh, yeah, smoke shop. 
It says Joe, Joe Beauty Supply back to school sale. Looks like that banner's probably been there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. But back you know to what, school, back to work, I'm just saying. You know what that photo is? You, probably you never superimposed on some town. Uh, you're probably not a big Velvet Underground fan. Um, that's me at the corner of Lexington and 125th. That's where Lurie used to buy heroin. Wow. Um, is that why you Lexington, were Lexington, 125. Yep. Leapt out of the subway, took a photo. You could see I was in motion, and we dove back into the subway. I was so scared. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to where Lurie bought heroin then go to MoMA yeah. actually it was, do I have my MoMA tube in my hand I think yeah I think I have a tube with a Klimt poster in it tough guy was that a euphemism I think we'd gone to the Metropolitan or the MoMA and I stood in front of that dented car and there's a poster of Klimt there's a Picasso poster and a Klimt poster inside of that pretty tough huh? what are you standing in front of in that that horse you should look at it on Google Maps today. You go to squarespace.com slash back to work, and here's the deal. You sign up. You sign up today via that site. Please do use that, use that URL because uh, it helps us a lot. It shows them that you uh, learned about it through this very long thing that we're doing right now. Uh, if, you, if, you, uh, if you buy a year of this, you get 20% off. If you buy two years of Squarespace, you get 25% off. And are you ready, Dan? You know it's the new month. It's the month of eight. The month of eight. Yeah, it is. And we have a special offer code to, you for, to give you uh, as a beloved 5x5 listener. Promo code. Uh, you will get... 10% off of whatever you buy with this month's offer code. Do you know what this month's offer code is? I do not know. So old. <laughs> it looks like Sold. Sold. Zool. No, it's, it looks like Sold. There, there, is, there is no Dana. Hmm. Only Zool. I'm the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Do the rest. I don't know. You're the key master. Ah. So old, long enough. Anyway, keep checking back. You know, what, I don't have decided where I put the videos yet. I might put them on this broken uh, Jean Grey blog I made. Hey, did you appreciate that? Go look at the homepage. Did you appreciate that? Did you see that when you associate an image with a blog post, it yeah. automatically thumbnails it? It's very cool stuff. Well, what do you think of that? What's your favorite one of those? Did you see that lookout one? Ooh, that is a dark phoenix. Um, anyway, uh, and we'll be putting these videos up. Uh, please check in show notes for where this is going to be. More than likely, they will be at MerlinM.com. I'm thinking I'll put them up somewhere nice and easy to find. But for screencasts to show you these stuff, you can go to Squarespace. You can go to squarespace.com slash back to work right now and see lots of demos, tons of uh, documentation, lots of great stuff to show you this. I'm not going to show you all of that. I'm going to do one of my typically annoying, super fast magic shows. It's just going to show you all the greatness of this. Um, and so that's what I'm going to do. And so squarespace.com slash back to work. You sign up with so old, get extra money off. And we're very grateful to Squarespace and Lil Ryan for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. And by the way, this thing looks real sharp on a retina display too. They said, I think they said they've retinified yeah, it. It looks really good. And I just can't say this enough. Boy, you know, remember on, on Kind of Critical, like how many times I said... Don't assume that anybody's got a computer and don't assume that anybody understands things like the usage area. Didn't I say that so many times that it was annoying? Like seriously, didn't I say that like six times? I don't know how many times you said I'm still getting I'm still getting toots from people saying, well, you know, you can go do that here and there. I'm like, huh. I'm literally head, head hitting mic. That was that the Buddha? Let me check. It's I good stuff, I, man. I have become I have become a kind of morning DJ, I think. Oh yeah. I I at this point I am composed completely of bits. Is this a point. show? Or are we wrapping it or huge week? Wrapping it. Well, we didn't get out of our environment yet, did we? No. But you never do. That's the point. Do you like the danger room analogy at all? I know you're not super into the X-Men anymore. But I, know, like I the, do like the danger room analogy, except it seems that what's different about the danger room, there's two things, but the main thing that's different about the danger room is that it is designed 
by, uh, you know, by its creators to create those difficult situations for you? Are you saying that we, in turn, somehow are creating these situations for ourselves to test us? Well, what, uh, that's a very good point. But the, you know, the other part of that is that it's designed by somebody who wants to take you to the very limits of what your strengths are without killing you. And, and as you'll remember from, I'm not even going to try to guess the number, when, when Kitty first comes to the mansion and she kind of wanders, I don't know if she phases in. Can you phase into the danger room? doesn't seem like they would make that impossible. Wouldn't that be cheating? Anyway, Kitty wanders into the danger room in the middle of a session. And the thing is, though, her skill, they have not, the program that they're running is not suited for Kitty's skills. It's going to be super easy for Kitty to die in the danger room because part of the danger room is it, it's got all of this chaos going on. And that's the problem with the danger room of life, Josh, is that, is that all of those lasers and, and Nightcrawler spooge have not been optimized for you. And you may find yourself in a danger room that, where you can't just hit the emergency button to stop the program. So how do you get out of that? What do you, what do, you do in a situation like that? What's your story, Dan? You're actually asking me what I do in that situation? Yeah, because I think I wimp out of that a lot. I'm not trying to find any big ending here. I'm just telling okay. you, I think I, I hit the danger room panic button a lot. You know what I mean? I uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure how you get out of this. I'll tell I'll tell you when things change for me. I'll tell you when things change for me. I had started my own business doing software. It was probably the second time I'd done this, but I was uh, doing like a services business. I was building essentially publishing tools, content management systems, software design, and a little bit of design, like straight design. And that was, that was my business, which anybody who's in that business will tell you it, it's incredibly, incredibly time-consuming and everything you commit to do, you're, you're, oh, that should take me 10 hours and it takes you 70 hours. I mean, that's normal. And I was working 15 hours a day, seven days a week, up in a, a room where I was living in a house in North Carolina and I mean, I couldn't, I was so busy and overwhelmed that I couldn't, half the time I wouldn't even get, like I wouldn't go downstairs to eat. And right. it was, it was real bad. And I had way overcommitted because of my own inexperience and lack of knowledge about client services work and about the kind of work that I was committing to and, and just way overcommitting myself. And I was, you know, bringing in people to, to try and help me. And then I went and ran in, into that whole thing where, well, I'll bring this guy in and he, if he can do, you know, th- 30% of the work, then I'll be fine. I'll, I'll still have too much work, but it'll be all right. And you bring him in and you realize, well, now I've got to get him up to speed. So now I have more work for myself for the next month until he's up to speed. And then by then uh, I'll be dead. So, you know, this was the situation that I found myself in. And what I realized at the time, uh, I, I you know, and we've talked about this uh, expression, which I I believe I'm misquoting somebody who didn't say this. Um, Only way out is through. Yeah. And if you're going through hell, don't stop that kind of thing. And, And that was really a turning point when I realized, Merlin, nobody, nobody can save me except me. (laughs) Nobody can get me out of this situation except me. If I can't be self-reliant, if I can't figure out what it's going to take to get through this and get through it by myself, then there, there is no future that that all I have is myself. I can't rely on anybody else. Nobody else is going to be. And that doesn't mean like, don't turn to your friends in times of need. No, it's like I dug this hole and I got to figure a way out of it now. And nobody can come in and just snap their fingers and make it right. And obviously, I learned a lot through that process. But for me, it, it, it just had to do with building up some kind of 
courage to swallow down the panic a little bit and calm yourself down and look at the screen. And like you are uh, quite famous for saying, you know, start typing and, Mm -hmm. you know, and get it done and just finish it and just do it. And if it kills you, well, you'll die doing what you said you were going to do. That's that's exactly what the last part was exactly what I was going to say. You're right. Um. To come back to your original point that I derailed you from when I said, oh yeah, but what's the story behind what you just said? The lesson. I mean, I'm trying to, as I'm sitting here, I'm I'm totally agreeing with you. The just typing part and all of that. But I'm also, I I can't find a good quote from this without sounding like I'm trying to be fancy. But there's a book by Soren Kierkegaard called The Sickness Unto Death. Wow. (laughs) But no, Sickness Unto Death, I'm going to, I'm going to stretch this pretty far. But a lot of people would say it's, you know, kind of the basis or one of the first text in what would come to be known as existentialism, which in some ways is, is very much, you know, what you're describing. Um, but I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember, I mean, I, I haven't read this book since college, you know, maybe after college once, but, but, you know, the thing is you want the well, part of the problem in, in the sickness and the death is that you not only think that you will be consumed by despair. Um, and I'm so sorry, TJ and everybody else, that I'm going to get this wrong, but I'm going to go for it anyway, because most people won't bother to look it up. Um, when you have this despair or this angst, as it would later come to be called, this consuming feeling of fear and dread, you know, you look like the Munch painting, sorry, the Munch painting, the scream, and, and you, um, you feel that way so much inside, and you feel so much of, of again, what Kierkegaard probably in Danish, I guess, was calling um, uh, despair. And you start thinking, think about when you've been really depressed, not, not you know, clinically maybe, but, but beyond blue, Josh. You go, I... I'm so despairing that I almost really kind of can't wait until this completely consumes me. And, and the sick part, I, th- I think what Kierkegaard's saying and what a lot of existentialists are saying is, well, that's the problem, is that your despair won't consume you. And you don't even have, you don't even have the consolation of being consumed by your own despair. And that's part of the problem is when you're in an impossible situation. You know what I mean? When you're in that impossible situation, you think like, well, I can't stand this anymore, but I have to keep standing this. Right? Like, I got the bills to pay, as we're always saying. But, like, there's a part of you that's kind of thinking, like, you know, oh, you know, is this going to get worse? Is it going to be- get better? And mainly, it's, it stays mostly the same. And, and it, it mainly just changes you when you're in what you call an impossible situation. So, I mean, this is probably not a very interesting story, according to Robert McKee. But, you know, maybe the story is that, like you say, you're, it is going to be up to you, not just in the sense of go quit your job like Dan is always saying, but maybe in the sense of how can, I look, how can I look at this differently and how can I take things like lessons from my past if you've got them, but how can, I, how can I look at how I've eaten the booger on things like this before? How can I look at how I made this story boring and depressing? And, and how can I maybe make this one a little bit different? And I would say that it's, if you can be courageous enough to do this, stop thinking you will be consumed by despair. I'm not saying go cheer up and be like all feeling fine, but like the, the think about, is there anything to the way you're looking at this situation that's making it impossible? Because there aren't that many things that are impossible except living forever. Like pretty much anything else can be hacked. And so maybe you need to go a little bit Kobayashi Maru and think about, is there something, is there some higher level that you can go to to change the situation? Maybe you can't go hack the program at where you work to cheat the test, but is there anything you could do to change the way you look at it? And, and if nothing else, is there anything, I know this is not helpful today, but is there anything you can change about the way you're looking at this stuff right now that will benefit you in the future? Because I would posit that you don't get into a job you despair about once. I don't think there are that many people 
who fundamentally change in their life. I mean, really fundamentally change. If you're somebody who's bummed out in their 60s and you're somebody who was bummed out in their teens, for better or for worse, there's a pretty good chance that you were also bummed out in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, which is a pretty depressing and despairing thing. But, you know, this is so Tony Robbins, but like, except for the firewalking um, hoax. But, but you, doesn't that make you mad, the whole firewalking thing? Yeah, a little bit. What a scam. I know. They should be walking on glass instead. Yeah, Philip Glass. Walking on glass, walking on glass, walking on glass. Walk it, walk it, walk it, walk it, walk it, walk it. Glass, 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 glass. Walking, 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 walk it, walk it, walk. And so, you know, there's there's not any real message of hope here. I mean, you know, again, like you know, go go go, drop some Kierkegaard. At least go to the Wiki Quotes page. Sickness unto death. Sickness is not unto death, and yet Lazarus died. Count of anything. So there's a lot of Christianity in this. Sorry about that, but um. But you, to your other point, and again, to quote that uh, lunatic, like I did in that scared, scared S-less, uh talk I did, to quote that lunatic from GoDaddy, they can't eat you, right? And this is, this is, this is kind of an elephant-shooting reframe of Kierkegaard, Josh. But, you know, it, like, you're, like you're not going to be consumed by your despair, but you're also probably not going to get eaten. And if you do get eaten, it doesn't matter. You're, you're going to die. Like, you certainly don't want to lose a limb. You don't want to lose an eye. You don't want to lose a family member or a house. But, but at the same time, like, what is the worst thing that can happen? And how much... Go, go read that Wikipedia page on cognitive biases. I know none of them apply to you. But if, if I, you know, it almost makes me wish I'd have, like, a class in forensics. Or not, not logic, not, like, old school logic. But you know what I mean? I wish I learned more about logical fallacies when I was young and stopped relying on them so much as I got older. Because there is a lot of temporary consolation to get a little bit Kierkegaard Buddhisty. There's a lot of consolation in fooling yourself with what kind of heuristics um, you can kind of use to cloud your window in a pretty way. And, and a lot of the self-talk that we do in what feels like an impossible situation is, is really us trying to make the thing seem more impossible because the more impossible something feels, the less agency we have in feeling like we can change it. So I'm finally getting to the good part in the last 10 minutes. But that's, I mean, if, if there is any solution to an impossible situation or an environment that you can't adapt to, it's learning how to reframe it. Maybe it's that you don't have to learn how to like it, but you have to learn how to accept the part that feels impossible right now. Look at the things that could be improved and then think about how you can Steve McQueen your way out, you know, when the opportunity presents itself. But then when you go to your next thing, are those despairs going to come with you? Is that sadness going to come with you? Is that feeling impossi- of impossibility going to come with you? Because the real problem may not be the environment, it may be your sense of impossibility, which I would say could be very much based in cognitive biases and Soren Kierkegaard and the danger room. We really should button this up. I love do you, feel, you, do you feel less despairing? I love you too, Dan. Do you feel less <laughs> despairing and you're not partitioned? Do you, do you, have I buoyed you? I, feel, I don't feel any despair about this. No. You would admit it. Do you, do you have any kind of a firearm there at all? No, of course not. Paper, you, got, you got rubber bands and paper clips? No, nothing like that. Here's my suggestion to you. Go out there, act real friendly, go to the drugstore, get some rubber bands and paper clips. You ever shoot somebody with a paper clip? With a no, I, I've been, no, I've never done that. These guys all have fixies. Do you, do you know, do you know how, how thin bone they are? They're just like you. Take them right out. <laughs> Great. Stan, go a little bit Whitman. Hmm. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. 